Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Well, howdy, Woz. How are you? Great. Thanks, Nick. Yourself? Good, thank you. Welcome, listeners. We've got an interesting Fuck It Friday for you this week. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because I'm looking at you through the wonders of modern technology, but you're not actually in the studio, which is really no. my office. So <laughs> I get it's to call my weird. office the studio. But, yeah, we're not in the same room. Uh, and this seems to be working pretty well. I'm happy with it. It works for me. I get to stay home in the aircon. Yep. Not drive for a long time to come up and visit with you. But it's a little bit weird, I have to say. I feel like the guest today. Ooh, I, I could interview you. <laughs> done that. Put me We've back in that. my comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll refrain from asking you a question, Nick, about uh, what we're going to talk about today. But we, we are going to talk about staff. We are. Bloody staff. We are. Such it's a be pain in the ass, aren't they? <laughs> Wow, are they? Well, that's what I hear. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the old thing. If I had a dollar, uh, but if I had a dollar for every time someone complained about staff and staff issues and finding staff and keeping staff and training staff and getting them to do what you actually want staff, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you and making a podcast. I'd be, I don't know, riding my motorbike across. Russia or something, just for kids. It'd be very rich, that's for sure. <laughs> it's a big problem, isn't it? It is a big problem. It's an interesting problem. Um, we've had some interesting times with staff. Yeah, we've we've both well had some learning experiences. Shall we call them that? Learning experiences. It's a nice, <laughs> pretty way to put it. We've we've <laughs> both had some fuck ups with staff. There you go. It is a fuck up yeah, Friday we after really all. Have. Um, it is Friday. And so, listeners, Nick and I are going to share our, our fuck-ups, uh, and we're going to get more people doing this, actually, because something we've talked about, Nick, is this propensity for lots of people in our industry, I guess, uh, to, I think, um, sanitize a lot of things would be a way to, to refer to that, where okay. um, there's lots of good advice out there, lots of people doing some great stuff. And there's more and more people, uh, I think, entering the tradie support industry, if we could refer yes. to it as that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I don't think we're Robinson Crusoe at all. We have probably observed a lot of sanitization of stories. And, you know, I've I've gotten the, the most impact from people in my life that have just shared the brutal truth about their experiences and I can really then either relate to that or go, yeah, no, I don't really understand that um, yeah. and move on. But when yep. when it's all packaged up and it's turned into a – and we do we do have some of that content, I know, um, and we will continue to do that because there is a need for that as well. But I think that the, the overwhelming weight of information out there is a bit too nice. I can change that. Go. Let's let's empty out 
the rubbish bag and get all that shit on the table. What What's your... Uh... I'll only give you one bit of shit. The rest I'll leave up my sleeve for another day. <laughs> okay. I'm sure we'll talk about this again. There's plenty of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess um, our story starts with losing $80,000 from one employee. Um, and that might make you pull your hair out and wonder how the hell can that happen. Yeah, made me pull my hair out too. It, and it's really simple because... Sometimes it just takes one staff member to influence an entire team and sometimes because you're so busy doing everything but what you should be doing, you miss it and it's too late by the time, you know, we get to this point where it's cost us 80000 So in short, we'd hired a leading hand carpenter who was working on a job and we were of the opinion and work to the day to that point had shown that he didn't necessarily need micromanagement or very close supervision. And it was about the time that my husband was not well anyway, and he was unable to get to site and do the things that he would normally be doing. So I was doing it on his behalf. And of course, I didn't have that technical knowledge like he did. So I allowed this person to reassure me that everything on the job was fine, everything was going to be all right. And we'd finish on time and it was all up to scratch, even though I raised a few issues of things that I could see with my quite untrained eyes. And before you know it, nearly all of the renovation and extension we'd done needed to be redone. So not only did we lose the profit on the job, we essentially paid out to do the whole thing again. So it was a, it was a really expensive lesson learned. It was hard, gut-wrenching, brought our business to its knees at a time when we were not doing well anyway. Pretty hard to run a building company when the builder himself is quite unwell. Um, And I guess there's a couple points in here that I'd really like to make. One, we allowed that culture change. Um, So that's my fault or or our fault that, you know, as business owners, that, that was something that we let happen. And two... Uh, I should know after, I don't know how many staff I've had in my time running businesses, but I should know by now that you really need to double check everything regardless of whether they're telling you that it's right quality or not. So um, we were fortunate and we were able to remove that person from that position pretty quickly once we realised the mistake and therefore it didn't cost us more. But, you know, a grand for a small business, that's a lot of money to lose. It was a tough time. Yeah, I bet. It's... it's um. The crazy thing about it, it's a story I've heard many times, mm. and and you're right, and I and I think uh, that whole way of thinking of it's our fault. I hear people say that. I, I mean, oh man, I'm slipping into interview mode here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start right, asking man. you. So tell me more about how did you feel about that, and um, so I won't do that. Um, yeah, right. I'll share mine. How's that? Yes, please go. So I've had a few businesses over the years and one uh, was with my ex-wife a bunch of years ago mm-hmm. um, in the accounting industry. So it was an accounting firm and had a like it, it grew to be quite a big business, um, quite a number of staff. I think at, at the height of it, we had like 12 staff or something, um, mm-hmm. 11 or 12 staff bunch of accountants, um, very busy, quite stressful, a lot of work going through. And um, one of our accountants had been with us for a number of years. So um, 
I think she'd been there for seven years or more. And it started out pretty good, but, you know, there's, there's just people seem to drift off course a little bit. Yes. Over time. And, and you, you think, uh, well, actually, the problem was I didn't think, uh, I never did that. No. I, I probably noticed it, but I wasn't conscious enough and I wasn't reflective enough and aware enough and a good mm-hmm. enough leader, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, in that business, and neither was my ex-wife, um, mm-hmm. to actually recognize it and then remediate it, do something about it. And so, you know, things took a downturn, a whole bunch of reasons, and, and uh, basically, you know, we needed to, to lay off some people and downsize the business. Um, mm-hmm. And so the time came to actually make some people redundant. A few had left anyway. Um, and so... You know, we made this person redundant just because there wasn't enough work. Yes. And, um, and, of course, you can imagine they trotted off to fair work, um, brought a particular claim against us, and, uh, and you know, they were seeking like 120 grand or something, 140 grand. Wow. Um, for an unlawful dismissal and they were trying to attach it to some other issue with their superannuation which was a crock of shit basically um Mm -hmm. you know it was just because we couldn't pay all those wages we didn't need all those staff i'd changed the business model to adapt and you know outsource a lot of the work and we just didn't need a hundred grand a year accountant in the office anymore so um so we had to go through that whole fair work thing and prove that we hadn't done the wrong thing and fortunately there was a reasonable paper trail of emails and stuff that had been sent to and fro over the preceding couple of years leading up to this where we'd clearly talked about productivity and profit and, you know, tightening cash flow and the need to, um, you know, downsize a few things and get rid of unprofitable clients and all that sort of stuff. So we had a pretty good weight of evidence, but we still had to sit in the tribunal and... Basically, you know, she'd hired a friggin' lawyer to, to go us for all this money and it was it was so stressful, eh? Um and I remember make or break situations. Yeah, and and like it just put so much pressure on the business, on the marriage at the time. Um mm. financially it it would have literally bankrupted us. Mm. Um if we'd been found to, to have to pay that money out. So um, in the end, you know, we had a pretty good case, um, but the magistrate pretty much found against us. Um, and so we ended up bargaining down to, I think it was, you know, five or ten grand or something just, just as go-away money because wow. it would have dragged through the fair work system and the magistrate's court and it would have cost me a shitload of money in legal fees and my solicitor, my lawyer, HR lawyer, was like, mate, take this to court. This is bullshit. People like this need to mm. not get away with this crap. Um, and I'm like, sure, who's going to pay your fees? That's right. And, and what you've do got I... to weigh up how that impacts you emotionally as well. Yeah, what do I do for the next six months while I go and fight? That's right. Um, just make it go away. Mm. So we ended up settling. Mm. Um, but it was it was... No doubt one of the things that contributed to the demise of not only that business, but um, the marriage at the time. 
So yeah, I can really understand that. Was it? I, and I think that's something that's underestimated with small businesses. So often, small businesses, husband and wife, or, or part, life partners, running a small business together, and you're trying to deal with the everyday everyday stress of being in a marriage in the first place. That's that's not always easy. Yep. Um, and then you add in this this other element of, of running a business, and then when issues come up in the business, it, it's a tough lot. Yeah, and at the time, you know, I. I I was so angry and I bloody hated this person and I wished all sorts of bad things would happen to them. Uh, and then over time, I actually, I grew up and, <laughs> and uh, but I, I've come to learn a hell of a lot more about myself. And you know what? That was my fault that it got to that stage. It should never have got that far. No. You know, I I needed to do more work as a leader and as an employer and take more bloody responsibility and ownership around the fact that I let it go way too long. And there were signs, you know, that whole hindsight thing, 2020 yeah. vision in hindsight. Yeah. I look back yeah. on that. It's like, man, the rot set in way before that point. And if I'd run a tighter ship, it never would have happened. And it's easy to say that. And I don't beat myself up about it. It's no. more a an opportunity or it's another one of those things where I go, oh, yeah, that was such a good lesson, hey. I got out of that lightly. Yeah. That could have been catastrophic. Absolutely. And I think that's the point that we need to come to as business owners is that these are sometimes painful and expensive lessons, but they are lessons. We can learn from them and do it better from that point on. Now, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit here and say, because this is a fuck it Friday, so it's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to say what I think. And feel Bring it on. and see. I try. I try not to get angry with employers when they complain about their staff mm-hmm. because it's their fault. Yep. Can't find good staff. That's you. Can't keep staff. That's you. Yeah. Can't get them to do what they're supposed to do. That's you. Can't get them to work productively. That's you. Mm-hmm. As an employer, it's you. It's your business. You're the leader. If your team are not doing what they're supposed to or you're having problems with your team, ultimately, it's you. You picked the wrong people. You didn't train them well enough. You didn't have the systems in place. You're a shit communicator. Um, you're an asshole. Whatever it is, it's it's you. And if that's uncomfortable, you know what? Good. Because now you can actually do something about it. Holy shit, I'm on a soapbox now. Um, you really are. So just send the hate mail to Warwick. <laughs> Good thing I don't have an email address there yet. It'll all bounce back and piss them off even more. But but <laughs> listeners, listeners, come on, seriously. If you got yourself a little mirror, you know, about six inches square and had a look in it and had a look at the face in that mirror, that is where your opportunity lies, right? Because here's, here's the flip side of that. And it's easy for me to, to take a swing at employers and business owners, but... Nick and I have shared our stories, you know. I've fucked it up so many times in business. I had mm. a, a big financial planning business. Um, oh, man, the staff dramas I had there. And the amount of whinging and complaining I did about staff with my business partners. Yeah. And you know what I was doing? I was just blaming everybody else. Yeah, which, exactly. Which what that does is I give power and responsibility to somebody else for my business and my future. Agreed. But it's a hard pill to swallow, right? The one where you're wrong and is might actually be your fault. It's not 
necessarily just the staff. It's what you're doing at the head of the company that's creating the issue. It's not easy to swallow. No, and I think it's it's actually really helpful. I, I got this concept out of Mark Manson's book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which if you haven't mm-hmm. read it, it's a fantastic read. There's swearing in it, so if you're listening to this Fuck It Friday, you'll be used to that anyway. Uh, I'm getting really comfortable with this whole profanity on a podcast thing. <laughs> this is dangerous. It's a slippery slope, Nick. You've, and I'm going to blame you for this. Thanks. That's all right. No worries. I'll take responsibility because I'm a Yeah, yeah. But, but Mark Manson actually splits that whole fault and responsibility. So he says that while... Pretty much everything is my responsibility in, in my world, right? This is right. what I was talking, first person here. So in my world, pretty much everything is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everything is my fault. No. Right? And it's okay for the, I don't know, the expensive stuff up on a building site to be the fault of the employee who did that. Yes. Right? That's yes. their fault. And it's your responsibility as the employer to either not let that happen again or to have prevented it in the first place, to take the lesson from that and then make some changes basically to improve things down the track. That's right. And that's exactly what we did. And it didn't happen again. Yeah. You know, they're tough lessons to learn or tough opportunities to stop and look in that little mirror and see who you are and, and how you've contributed or allowed something to happen. Oh, that's a good exactly one. Which is exactly what happened in our place. You allowed it. That's a good one, hey? Yeah. Yeah, it's the truth. I allowed that to happen. Or, or we, the two of us as business owners, allowed that to happen. Yep, it turns out he was um, not the best carpenter. Really nice bloke, which is what made it so damn difficult in the end. But not the best carpenter, not the quality that we we required or expected, and it took a, a huge culture change in our company to move that out. Mm. But it didn't happen again. It's it's just you know what it really frustrates me because, and I'm not tradie bashing, right? right. I, if it sounds like I am, listeners, tell me, tell me, go go well, join the probably say yes. Go hit the group and. And, you know, say, Woz is a dick. He wouldn't know anything. Um, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand, Was It's different in my industry. It's different in painting, plumbing, electrical, mechanical, auto-electrical, landscaping, roofing, tiling, concreting, building. It's different. And it's not. It? It's not. Because no. at the end of the day, it all comes down to human relations and human understanding. And And you and I had a great conversation about this the other day where it's like, I think... Too many of us as employers haven't learned how to do human. Yeah, totally agree. We're out there learning about cash flow and technology and social media marketing and safety and um, you know contracts and all sorts of stuff, which is all really, really important. And you need all of that in your business, right? You do. But there's not a heck of a lot of focus, if any, on how to do the whole human being thing. Which is how much of your business? What, 80% of your business is either dealing with clients or dealing with staff, yeah? Yeah. Well, so yeah. Between clients and good. staff, if you don't have clients yeah. and you don't have staff, you're pretty well fucked. Like, <laughs> if, you're no trying to, if you're trying to actually build a business, a, a true business, you know, you look at our tagline, get off the tools and into true business ownership, 
Right. You're going to need staff, right? You, you can't. Right. You, you can only work 80 hours a week on the tools for so long. And if, you, if you're listening to this and that's you, you're 80 hours on the tools and you're thinking about staff and now you're thinking, holy shit, I don't want to do that. This all sounds hard. It's like, it is. It's shit. It is hard. You're going to get it wrong. And I've got it wrong so many times. <laughs> I think that's the point though, right? I don't think, particularly in the trade industry, we talk enough about where we've got it wrong. No. I got lots of things wrong in my business, and then I learned how to do them better. And it was only through getting them wrong, I realized there was a better way to do it in the first place. So Mm. it's not, getting stuff wrong doesn't have to be the negative that we all see it to be. And trade is particularly critical of themselves. And therefore, when they do get something wrong, they don't want to share that. They don't want to talk about that. I get that. But I guess... Uh, one of the things I really want to do with what we're doing is start these conversations and allow people to put their hands up and say, yeah, I fucked that up, I, ha- I didn't get it right, and it's okay because I've learned a better way to do it now. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. It's a, You know, we're, we're, well, we're all just doing the best that we can. But even that even that language that we use, like right and wrong, it's it's not about right and wrong. It's True. It's, it's impossible to get away from that, that languaging. And again, I refer back to that same book, um, and I don't get commissioned for any sales that Mark Manson makes of his book. <laughs> he refers to basically getting stuff a little less wrong each time. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It'll never be perfect. It'll never be right. It'll never be finished. It'll never be done, whether that's your bloody resto project in the shed or your business growth or your marital relationship you'll always get shit wrong but he talks about this this quest to get things a little bit less wrong each time so next time you employ somebody you tick a few more boxes you get a little less wrong and you're still gonna fuck it up of course you will and i think when we accept and embrace that as and there's so much there's so much about you know getting things wrong, failing forward, all this sort of stuff. And it's also true, right? Yeah. There's this big and, – and, and I see people get angry about their staff. I think, like me, you know, my 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 daughter's birthday was today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I celebrated her birthday on FaceTime with her. She's mm-hmm. seven. Because I allowed her mother – to move to another state of this country that is a fucking long way away from me. It's a tough one, was. But I allowed that, right? Yeah. And so I get angry, not so much at my daughter's mother or at the internet for not being fast enough this morning, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but at myself for getting it wrong. And, it's and how like, do you feel when you look at that? Like, that, that's... Well, it's stupid, really, because yeah. I allowed it, right? Mm-hmm. But the power in that is is also when you flip that over, it's like, well, you know what? I allowed that. So if I accept that and embrace that fact, you, I think you can actually let that that clouding anger and, and everything dissipate and calm the fuck down. <laughs> because you're taking some responsibility. Exactly. Because how I feel is my choice, right? Mm-hmm. Whether I choose to be angry, whether I choose to be calm and peaceful about it or do something about it, you know, do something differently. And mm-hmm. and it's the same with our staff, right? So um, people, 
not doing what we want, uh, not turning up to a job. Oh, my gosh, the number of times I've heard. <laughs> oh, I had this guy booked in, and Monday morning rolled around, and I turned up the site, and he wasn't there. No text, nothing, can't raise him on the phone. It's like he's probably tanked to his eyeballs. I know that's very judgmental, but, you know, it's <laughs> like how many times do you allow that to happen before you make a change yourself? Or do you just go around blaming people and people are shit and staff are shit and tradies are shit? Like, where's that going to get you? It's it's essentially, it's a choice, right? Absolutely. It's either it's shit. No, it's either shit and it's going to continue to be that way or you go, okay, what the hell am I doing that's creating this? Why are people not turning up to my jobs? What am I doing that I can then change? Because if it's everybody else, again, you're fucked. You can't change everybody else, right? No. You can't make people turn up to a job site. No, you can't. But you, can, you can't make people do anything. But you can do something about the way you are talking to people or the perception you're giving them, yeah, or the, uh-huh. the, the fire in your belly that's not there anymore. And so they think, well, fuck, he doesn't care. Why would I care? I don't Absolutely. know. Like there's a million different things that you could be doing that, that's creating that. But go figure that out. Go on this quest of what the hell am I doing that's creating these scenarios? Because once you figure that out, then the cool thing is you can do something about it. It's shit because it feels like you're wrong and you've screwed everything up for the last 20 years and you're no good and you're a shit business owner and you might as well quit, right? And that's where we can spiral off to. But I got a message this morning from my sister-in-law, um, pretty much out of the blue. She knows it's my daughter's birthday and she doesn't know any of this has gone down this morning, right? And, I, and she sent me this beautiful message saying, hey, thinking of you today on your daughter's birthday, if she doesn't know how fabulous a dad you are, she will someday. That's very true. And it makes me teary just thinking about that, right? Mm. But it's the same with our relationships with our staff. We, we need to figure out who we are and, and what we're doing that's creating these outcomes because then very we can hard do something about it. At. In business, it's really, well, in life, full stop. It's very hard to look in the mirror and realise what you're doing to create a situation. It can be as little as just allowing something to happen. And it might just be, I'm going to ignore the fact you were five minutes late today. Yeah. And then I'll ignore the fact you were five minutes late on Friday. And I'll ignore that you took an extra five minutes on your lunch break. And all of a sudden, that bit of not giving a fuck starts to creep in. And you find that reflecting throughout your entire team because, hey, he gets away with it, I'll do it too, and on yeah. and on it goes. Yep. And it starts with one small turn of the eye. Now, I know to some business owners that's going to feel like, oh, my God, I have to micromanage everything. I have to be on top of everything. No, you really don't. You just need to set the standard. Once the standard's set and they see that one person in trouble for not being there five minutes early or their pay is docked or whatever it might be, however you take that remedial action, everybody gets to see that. You're setting a tone. The staff gets to see that tone, and before you know it, your culture pulls back. I They're big changes. I uh, heard from a mentor once that we get the people we deserve in life yeah, and in business, right? Big one. And when I when I first heard that years ago, I thought, "You prick! <laughs> I don't deserve shit staff. I'm a good person." Yeah. But that's not what he was saying, right? No. What he, was, what he was saying, what I came to learn and what I'm still friggin' learning is 
the the results that show up in my relationships with anybody, you know, never mind about staff, mm. are deserved as in I created it, right? Because if right. we deserve something, we have the idea that we created that opportunity or, you know, we deserve a holiday because I worked hard for that or I deserve a pay rise because I've put in the effort for that, right? So deserving of something means we've actually created the space for that to happen. And that is exactly mm-hmm. what we do with staff. We create this space and we get the friggin' people we deserve. That's true. Now, it's not meant to be as a punishment, but it should be a realisation that, holy shit, I keep having these issues with staff not showing up. And yes, you can say, yeah, but was. Shut the fuck up and listen, right? This The plastering industry is terrible. You've got no idea how hard it is to get guys. They're all jacked up on ice and they've you know, got three kids to four different mothers and all sorts of crazy stuff, right? <laughs> yep. I get it. I get it. And if that's the industry you're in, guess what? That's not your fault that those people are like that. No. It's not your fault. It's okay. But it is your responsibility to do something about it. Leave the damn industry, right? Go get a job as a barista. And then you'll see what it's like to deal with a million bloody customers. (laughs) (laughs) Dickheads like me that are desperate for their coffee. Look, I I get... Tradies, having been there and trying to hire people and, and trying to get the right people in for my team to make it better, it's really hard. And we both have been through many, many staff members trying to find the right balance. And sometimes you almost get there and then one kicks off and does what they do, you know. Sometimes that happens. So he moves on or she moves on. There's been a few she's. Um, they move on and that's it. We, we The culture for us starts with us and we'll filter throughout the business one way or another. And sometimes that means that it's us back on the tools for a while trying to get stuff done because we haven't managed to find the right people to put in place. But either way, we won't compromise our standards. And when we find that we've done something wrong, we have to change it. It's a great opportunity to learn. Mm. This stuff is not easy, though, I have to say. It's not. I get why it's a challenge for any small business owner, but Brady's in particular. It's not easy. And I think that gets held up, and I I won't rant on for too much longer here but this whole thing of yeah but it's hard damn right mm-hmm. it's hard right every mm-hmm. everything in life is fucking hard if you want to yep. if you want to allow it well actually it's hard right it's hard for me not to see my kid right that's yep. really hard it's hard to get taken to fair work it's hard for you to lose 80 grand holy shit mm-hmm. um i feel lucky <laughs> <laughs> it only cost me 10. Uh, it's hard to get up in the morning when you finished work at 1 a.m. doing invoicing, right? Yep. Yeah, it's hard. And? Yep. That's and what? Right? You can focus on the fact that it's hard. And we can all say, oh, yeah, it's so hard. Oh, yes, it's hard. Here, let me give you a cuddle. It's really hard. <laughs> but then what, right? That's right. It's hard, and what can you do to change that? Because maybe That's you can make you it a little easier next month, next year, next decade. Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps being hard because we're so focused on the fact that it's hard, or that staff are shit, or plastering is shit, or painting is shit, whatever it is, right? And I'm not calling out any particular listeners or anybody here because everybody listening to this can probably be going, 
yeah, oh, yeah, you don't understand my industry. And, yeah, it's like that in my industry too. And it's like, you know what? It's like it in every industry because guess what's in every industry? People. People, yeah. right? You're dealing yeah. with people. That's what you've got to yeah. master. That's what you've got to get good at. And the first person you've got to get really good at figuring out is yourself. Oh, isn't that exciting? Scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit and it's hard and it's awful. Yeah. And I bawled my eyes out this morning after I hung up yeah. the phone to my daughter. Because life's hard. Fuck yeah, All it is. of life's hard. Yeah, it absolutely is. Mm. But we make our choices, right? And we have to change those choices. We have to... Teach people how to treat us. That's my greatest saying. Mm. It took me a long time to teach my family that they need to be teaching people how to treat them. So it, it's the same principle. You yep. just don't accept what you don't like or what you're not comfortable with. Yep. And sometimes that's hard because you have to push people away or close a door or move on. But for the most part, you create yourself a much nicer, much happier, much more comfortable and respectful life. It's up to you to make those decisions about what you accept. And every little thing that you accept that you're not happy with, it's up to you to accept. You walk away from that or you don't. It's up to you. I'm nodding so much my head is about to bobble off my shoulders. <laughs> uh, well, this went from a, a little quick bucket Friday to a big, long soapbox <laughs> episode. It doesn't take uh, us long. I know, I know. But it's, and clearly you can, you can tell I'm fairly passionate about this and and, you know, we could stop talking about marketing and cash flow and systems and legislation. We could stop talking about all of that. And if we mm. just got more people figuring this human thing out, mm-hmm. I reckon all the other stuff would be a piece of piss because you could just employ people to do it for you. Yeah, and some of that other stuff isn't actually hard. It's, it's easy. No. But you're not looking at yourself and making changes to yourself. No, you can do a cash flow spreadsheet. That's easy. Yeah, that's that's just a basic skill, right? Social media marketing, yeah. basic skill. Analyzing data, running some campaigns, test the data, see what works, turn off the ones that don't, right? All that stuff is super simple. Very, very important. Don't get me wrong. I had a client misconstrue me many years ago and thought that I said that they shouldn't bother looking at their bookkeeping. It was like, no, no, no. Like you could you could not look at your bookkeeping, but if you figure out this this people thing, it'll be way less consequential than you make it. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, including myself, go off after all of the stuff that we we make. I make it important, right? I'll speak in the first person. I make a whole lot of other stuff important so that I don't mm-hmm. have to deal with the stuff that really is. Yeah, because it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to climb down from my very lofty tower. Are you dizzy up there? <laughs> and I'm just going to I'm going to say that I I get it, right? I really do get it. I've wasted so much money over the years employing people. I I you know what? I've lost count of the number of people who have been through my businesses as employees. Mm-hmm. It, it would be and, and, you know, across my three businesses, I've probably had 30, 40 staff through. Yep. And they were yep. only like, you know, 10-person businesses. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty decent turnover. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I work on my own now because I hate working <laughs> with freaking staff. But, you know, I get it. I get it. And I want you, if you're pissed off listening to me and you think that I – don't understand your plight or I don't get how hard it is, then great. Tell me. 
I want you to I want you to get that out on the table. Share it in the group. Send me hate mail. I don't give a toss. Um, but if you're pissed off, great, because that's the first step to actually making some change. Agreed. Here, here. So, yeah. peeps, hit us up in the Tradies and Business Facebook group. Just hop on over to Facebook, search in the group section, you'll find us. We're a big group now. Mm. We have quite a few hundred people in our group, We're- and we have some fantastic conversations. So, We'd really like you to join us over there. Tell us what you think about today's episode. Tell us if you think we're wrong. Tell us if you think we're right. Ask a question. If you don't know, if you're having a struggle and you don't know how to address it or what to do, feel free to ask a question. It's not just us in the group. In fact, we don't talk much at all. Mostly in the group, it's other trade business owners helping each other out. It's a great place for networking. It's a great place to ask a question, ask for help, advice. It's fantastic. Come and have some fun with us and tell us how pissed off you are with us. Come and troll me. Come on, I dare you. Come and troll me. Do it. Please, somebody, get him off the Uh All right, well, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm just going to say thanks so much for listening to Tradies in Business. You're a tradie in business and I love you. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic rest of the Friday. And, uh, yeah, that's it from me until next episode. Thanks, team. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business, and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.